And welcome back. I'm Ron Alesco. And if you've been listening to the show the last few weeks, you know we've been playing a few cuts from a, a, an incredible new album called Only This Far. It's from a duo known as The Rough and Tumble. Now, they've been together for a few years, but I, I have to admit, I only got to know them um, maybe with the second two albums ago. They put out an album called We Made Ourselves a Home. And I finally got to meet them last November at the Northeast Regional Folk Alliance. And they're with us today through the magic of uh, the internet. Uh, hi there. Welcome, Ma uh, Mallory Graham and Scott Tyler, the rough hey. and tumble. Hey, nice to <laughs> see thanks you. for having us. Uh, thanks for being here. And thanks for recording this, this great new album, Only This Far. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a, a, I don't know if I'd call it a, a biography or anything like that, but it sort of it kind of encompasses what the two of you have been through all these years. I mean, you first, I understand, first started singing together, not as a rough and tumble, but as a, as a, a, I guess, with another group back in 2007. Whoa, yeah. that's a good throwback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do our research. Right? <laughs> we really did. We, we met in a music school um, that just happened to be on Martha's Vineyard mm -hmm. um, back in 2007. And from there, we, we joined an artist colony. Uh-huh. In, uh, in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Called the Electric Ghost Collective. Yeah, and so we kind of started singing. Together then. Yeah, yeah, we did. And then we, um, that inevitably failed because. As, as most, thing, most things do in your 20s. Yes. You know, right. right. It just doesn't work <laughs> out like the, the way you thought it would. And so Scott and I just decided that we would just start busking together. It wasn't anything serious. It was just sort of a, we're going to, every Friday night, he would pick me up from work in downtown Asheville. And then he would take me to um, the double decker bus, which was like a coffee shop. I don't, I think it's still there. I think so, yeah. And then we would um, huddle over because <laughs> the, the ceiling was really short. And so we would like crouch over and play these, like, you know, these cover songs and a couple of songs that we had written for two hours. We got $15 a piece and all the coffee we could drink. Yeah. Oh, that's a good deal. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had me at coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I, I know you uh, from North Carolina, you eventually moved to Nashville and that's kind of when the group started, uh, the duo yeah. officially is the rough and tumble. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. I moved um, before Scott had moved out there. I was married before and, and we had moved out there, not by my choice. I wanted to go be some wild homesteader in Maine somewhere. <laughs> that was my plan. Um, but it was, it was my ex-husband's turn to pick. And so he picked Nashville. I was like, fine. So I started a rock and roll band there. Scott followed mm -hmm. shortly after, and he was doing his sad singer songwriter stuff. Uh -huh. And, um, and we were both writing these songs that we just could not finish. Like they weren't mm -hmm. fitting into our individual projects. And so Scott would come over almost every day and help me finish writing my song. And I'd help him finish writing his song. And then Scott was like, we should start a band. And I was like, that's not going to go anywhere, but sure, it's fine, you know. And so we we started the rough and tumble, but I was like not confident it was going to go anywhere. Twelve, here years, we are 12 later. years later, yeah. <laughs> and, um... Well, you're you're still going strong, and and you've got this new album out only this far, which. Uh... I guess uh, it, it sort of talks about the highs and lows that you've experienced. And a lot of your time has been spent in a van <laughs> from, from 2015. to I guess maybe a year ago, you were yeah. living in a van. Totally. Yeah. And, and truthfully, we're still, we're still traveling out of it. It's, it's a, it's a pull behind camper. It's 16 feet and we live in there or we've, we lived in there for eight years mm -hmm. uh, without another home address. Um, we have we have two very big dogs <laughs> and one hamster that we found on a glue trap, and <laughs> and so the five of us have been living in that sixteen foot camper. But um, last year we um, we ended up getting a house in in the woods in New Hampshire, and it was completely by chance, completely random, not something that like New Hampshire was never on the list. Not that we don't love New Hampshire, mm -hmm. but it was just never on the list. You know, right. like we thought we would end up, but everything just aligned perfectly in a way that we could not deny that this was the right next step. Yeah. So, and it really takes everything being perfectly aligned for us to feel good about it. Yeah, so. sure. Well, I, I've seen a, a video of one of the uh, songs on the album. I, I'm, I'm guessing, was that your, your home or was that? Yeah. That oh, is yeah, our home. Yeah, that, that, that's it our is. home. Yeah. Yeah. The video is uh, from the van. <laughs> 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 well, I, I'd like to play that song, and then we can start talking about the uh, the album. Um, uh, it's a song called "Ain't That the Way," and 
how did this one come to be? Yeah. Um, eggs. Eggs. Actually, truthfully, yes. it, uh, it started from um, <laughs> Mallory had had heard that uh, the best way to make scrambled eggs is like after you after you scramble them, you put them in a pan and then you let them sit. And then when the pan's really hot, you flip them with a silicone spatula. It cannot be one of the flat spatulas. And my friend insisted this is the best way to make eggs. Best, like you cannot go wrong with it. Fluffiest eggs you'll ever have. And um, and so I went home to visit my mother for a, a weekend. And I said, oh, I'm going to make everybody eggs in the morning. And I just found the best way to do it. And um, and she said, how do you do it? And I explained it. And she said, well, that sounds like a perfectly good way to burn a spatula. And <laughs> And I was like, dang. And so then I, I did not make them eggs. And I went to my sister's house down in Florida shortly after, went through the whole thing again, told her how I was going to make eggs for the family in the morning. And she said, well, that sounds like a perfectly good way to burn a spatula. And so it, it became this like this realization of like, you can run, but you cannot hide from genetics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, really it's, it's a song about, it's a song about showing up. It is. You know, yeah. it's a song about, you know, being there, whether or not you're at your best or, or not. We wrote it uh, during the early days of the pandemic mm -hmm. when, when we just wanted to show up anywhere, anywhere. You right. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you know, and of course couldn't. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, kind of where it started. And, well, well, let's take a listen. Here's the rough and tumble from brand new album only this far and ain't that the way.
that was Ain't That The Way from the brand new album from The Rough and Tumble. The album's called Only This Far. And they are with us today, Mallory Graham and Scott Tyler. They're they're on the road again. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess after being on the road for so long, we were talking before about how you had the van for so many years before you bought the house. How does it feel getting back on the road, you know, after leaving your home now? Is that a different feeling? It, it feels like going home, to be honest. It, it, it is a very strange sensation. To, it's a strange sensation being out here and knowing there's somewhere to go back to. Um, yeah. But it it was definitely, I like I told Scott, when we got the house, I said, we're going to get there and you're going to have to like pry me out of that house. I will never leave <laughs> again. And it took, we spent about four months um, mm-hmm. in our house before we left again. And um, it took three weeks, mm-hmm. about three weeks before I turned to Scott and I was like, we got to go. It's time to go again. Like, and I, I never thought that would be the case, but oh. um, yeah, I got, I ended up getting very homesick when we were sure. at our home um, yeah. for, for this weird life that we live out here. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there is a song on the album called homesick, which I'm not going to play today, but we'll, we'll hear that later. Uh, you know, again, this uh, songs uh, on this album, you know, it talks about the highs and lows and, you know, here you are, a couple traveling together, working together. That's got to be tough sometimes. I, mean, I know other couples that have done it. The Kennedys have been on the show a number of times, and I and they they love it. But I know that can sometimes put some strains on a relationship. No, not at all. <laughs> Strain. What is that? Yeah, you know, um, living in a a camper, uh, we you know we like to to say that we like we do everything together like and that um you know sometimes uh you know separation is just like me putting on headphones and sitting at one end of the camper and Mallory you know being quiet for being once. quiet and you know <laughs> on, on the other side of the camper and um you know we you know you make it work and um you know we both love doing this and and it's yeah. um yeah it is not there are very few days that go by that we don't audibly say, you know, we're really lucky. I think we're really lucky to have found each other, to have found somebody that can meet each other's pace. And uh, I think we're really lucky to have both wanted to do the same thing. Right. That That's the hard part, uh, you know, finding that right person to, to accomplish. It seems the two of you, um, I, I've, I've seen you perform, I've, I've heard your music, and I can see you right now. I mean, you're, you're obviously having fun doing this, and that's, that is a key to everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, you said earlier that you weren't really thinking about doing this as a full-time career. You know, you were, you were busking and such. And obviously the songwriting is really, really strong as we, as we can see on this album. Oh, and by the way, before I forget, I want to let our listeners know you're going to be in New York this coming Tuesday, uh, May 9th at the, uh, at Rockwoods. Rockwoods yes. Also, it's a 9 PM show, I believe. So yes, we'll, we'll, we'll mention that again later, but yeah, yeah again, you know, um, I, the, as a duo, it, did it help each of you as a songwriter? I mean, how do you how do you write? I know there's uh, one song on here which we're going to hear a little bit later, uh, Graham um, uh, Scott, that you wrote. Um, but do you work on songs together? Do or one of you come up with something and then the other one helps? How do how, how do you work? Yeah, you know, um, most most of the time, um, I mean, we've we've kind of written every different way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I will write more of a song or mm-hmm. get it started. Sometimes Mallory will write more of a song and Some, get it started. Something that was very important to us at the very beginning of our, um, when we started writing together, before we knew that all of this was going to happen, is we decided that no matter what came out between the two of us, it would always be 50-50. Like, it, it, no matter what happens, because there's no way of, of honestly being able to tell where one person ends and the other person begins when mm-hmm. you're in a room trying to trying to work toward the same song. And I think when you take it off the table, um, the increments of how much somebody contributed, you take the creative pressure off of the whole yeah. thing. And so we're, we're both able to do it. That being said, of course, sometimes I write more of the song and Scott comes in at the end and adds one line and he's like, third for that's, a word. Yeah, that's- no. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but, but no, but other times he does. And it and it definitely oscillates according to what we are individually going through. Yeah, I, I feel like writing with a musical partner is kind of like like moving uh, moving heavy furniture. 
Um, you you know, mean I take all the weight? Yeah, yeah, you, t- you take all the weight. Um, <laughs> but like you have to have the other person carrying it, you know, and, right. and for it to for it to kind of balance. And and so, um, you know, it's it's just. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting thing, and we're I mean we we love writing together. Um, yeah. One of our very early projects was was this project called the Rough and Tumbles <laughs> Holiday Awareness Campaign, and uh, where we decided to write a song or two songs a month about whatever holiday was coming up in that month because yeah. there are all these weird wacky holidays, right. you know? and um, and so. It, you know, we just kind of took it as a writing exercise. Mm-hmm. And so every year we wrote, recorded, and released two songs a month about underappreciated holidays. Yeah. We like wow. to say that they were underappreciated songs for underappreciated for holidays. holidays. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to look for that one. That's that sounds right up my alley. Kind of um, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's a great subject matter. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, singer songwriters, they tend to write personal songs. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can be difficult for, for a couple. Is that putting more stress on what you're willing to reveal uh, in a song? Oh, you know, that's interesting. I think that we often, before we get to the writing table, we often already know what's on the other person's mind. I think, I think it's actually very difficult for us to reveal anything in the writing room because the writing room, you know, whatever not literally a writing room, but um, once you once you get into that space, for us at least, the way that we have always worked, if somebody is not being completely transparent, we can't write anything. And mm-hmm. so it it is crucial that we've worked out our issues before we get there. And often if we'll start writing something and we realize that something has not been worked out and we have to take a break from the writing, resolve this issue and then, and then come back to the writing again. At least that's been my well, perception yeah, you know, of it. And, and it's also, it's also really helpful, like for this interpersonal relationship, like to do anything creative, it, it requires empathy and, right. uh, you know, requires understanding. And, and so, um, you know, there've been quite a few times where we've actively tried to write something and, you know, had to, had to come to terms with what's going on between us, yeah. you know, before we uh, mm-hmm. really get anything out. Yeah. And um, because or- it's deeply personal, like mm-hmm. it's such a deeply sure. personal thing. You need the other person to be seeing you before you can, before you can write it. Yeah. You know, I, I guess it's also a way to work out problems or issues that come <laughs> up. You know, sometimes people are afraid to talk about things, but when you start putting it into song and making yeah. it into poetry, you know, it's, yeah get that empathy as you were talking about. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, well, I, I want to play another song now. Uh, this is one called, Is It What I Thought? What's the <laughs> behind this one? <laughs> this one was fun to write. This was, this was a lot of fun to write. We didn't exactly know where it was going. We didn't. Um, <laughs> You know, and good luck to us trying to perform it. We, uh, we're we, still yeah, working we're, on still the live to, version. Yeah, we need to work <laughs> out. Um, but, you know, for, for the longest time, um, Mallory kind of had this little repetitive phrase that she would that she would say. You don't so you doesn't, and you won't so you isn't, and you doesn't so you doesn't, and you wasn't so you wasn't. And I would <laughs> sing it all the time, and it was just this weird thing that I would always put out there. And um, and then Scott came up with the beginning of this mm-hmm. song and had like all these like really fun ideas. And and it is a song just about being completely dissatisfied. Like no matter what you do, you are going to be dissatisfied with that until you just decide to be satisfied like mm-hmm. until you choose and that's not settling that's just you know deciding that it is enough you yeah know, right you know? and um yeah and so I, I think as we were writing this song we didn't we didn't know where where it was going but i i think i think it's been it's been resonating with some people because i think you know a lot of people are very dissatisfied mm-hmm. uh you know and and we have so much like we have so much at our fingertips at all times that um oftentimes it is like saying no to something like no i'm not going to do delivery i'm actually just going to make food for myself tonight here in my house that like saying no to the options is often what will you know bring us satisfaction because it's because it's cutting yourself off from the forever, you know, right. the forever of everything being yeah. offered to you. Um, but I, I do want to point out um, my my personal favorite line from this song is um, I've got a head of lettuce in the hospice drawer. <laughs> and I, I want to give give credit to our friend Christy, who, who started calling, you know, the 
the the vegetable drawer in the refrigerator her her, her hospice her vegetable there. hospice drawer because yeah. she said I'll buy all these vegetables with good <laughs> intentions and then I put it in there and I'm just watching them die. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I started a compost pile in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a listen now. Here's the rough and tumble with "Isn't What I Thought." I'm joining up on the party line Now waiting on retirement Lord knows took enough of my time Sitting on the company script But it bought me a house that I couldn't live in And some food that I never eat It's all wasting away in the bottom bin And it isn't what I thought it'd be Oh no, it isn't what I thought it'd be Got a head of lettuce in the hospice drawer I'll buy another and let it will I need plenty but I want more I'm still hungry when I had my fill I can have it sent to my front door Or call for delivery But I don't see what I'm looking for And it isn't what I thought it'd be Oh no, it isn't what I thought it'd be I spend every look of my time I've been wasting my time Smorgasbord, get a little bit of everything Pass the peas and praise the Lord Can't get enough of anything But I won't answer my front door Without checking through my screen I'm scared of the person on my front porch And I isn't who I thought I'd be Oh no, I isn't who I thought I'd be That's the rough and tumble isn't what i thought a cut from their brand new album only this far they're going to be appearing this coming tuesday that's may 9th at rockwood music hall in new york city 9 p.m show and they are back out on the road in fact today you're in louisiana as we're recording this interview we are Baton Rouge, huh? you know the with all the traveling that you used to do in the van living in the van and then having the pandemic put everything to a halt. How did that affect you as performers and just in life in general? Mm, not at all. You know, we, um, I think we saw how lucky we were. Um, we were out in Arizona when, when stuff kind of started, you know, heading south. My, my folks live in California. And so we were able to go to their house. Mm-hmm. They, they live out in the country. And so we, um, they have extra space. And so. And we thought two weeks with your parents, how bad could yeah. it be? Oh, <laughs> you know, months later, we, uh, you know, we, um, I don't know. We, we just were really lucky. And we had a ton of friends and fans reach out to us. And just say, how how can we help support you? Like, yeah. we know you don't right. have a job anymore. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up, like, doing a lot of writing for other people. A like lot of song, song commissions. commissions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that is one of the biggest things that changed for us over the pandemic is is our our writing. Is is we suddenly were able to shift into, like, we had all of this time to write. And, and so yeah. um, we really, I think we found that we tend to be more manic um in I, I don't i'm i'm trying to think of a better word than that but in crisis we tend to um 
want to keep ourselves busy and to move, whereas other people I know need to take a step back and, and be more recluse, we definitely take a step up. Um, and I think we learned that about ourselves, um, which means now in the following years, we've found that we need to take more time to rest sure. and to, yeah. be, to be more recluse. But yeah. I think another weird thing that happened to me personally after the pandemic or because of the pandemic is um, I used to have like crippling stage fright and and every once in a while I still will um have you know a, a mild case of it but like it was to the point where like Scott would often have to talk me into going on stage wow. and after the pandemic and there was no real rhyme or reason to it I just didn't have it anymore I just like was able to go out there and just sort of be like well, the alternative is not great, <laughs> you know? And they like kind of realized, I think we really stepped into ourselves during the pandemic because we had the space to do so. And I kind of recognized that like, there are like hundreds of other musicians out there who are doing it differently than I am. And I am the only one that can do my job as yeah. I know how to do it. And yeah. so we, I think we really were able to step into ourselves because of the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. Well, you, you, uh, seeing you last November at the uh, Folk Alliance, uh, Northeast Regional Folk Alliance, I mean, you were definitely part of the audience. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you look so, both of you look so calm and, and relaxed and having such a great time on stage. Yeah, uh, that, uh, that was a fun one. That was, uh, that was really yeah, fun. That, that was really fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was our first time to Nerfa. So, um, yeah. You know, we'll, yeah, it's definitely a good time. Yeah. Well, you're back on the road again. Is it, is it like uh, stepping back into the same old shoes? Do you feel comfortable again or? We do. Yeah. yeah, I think we do. I think it's, it, do, it does feel that way. Uh, um, and there's like a little extra something too. And, and someday I'll be able to verbalize what that is, but there's, there's something like a little more special about being out here now. Maybe that's because we know that there's an end point <laughs> now. It's not the perpetual tour anymore, but right. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's also a different world that you've walked back into. Um, yeah. You know, the, the country is so divided, and I'm I'm yeah. sure you're probably seeing that on the road. Um, uh, Scott, you wrote a song. I think that you're you're the primarily one that wrote this one. It was a song called um, "God of War." No, actually, actually, that that one is primarily Mallory. Like oh, that, really? I'm sorry. Yeah, that's coming from from her experience um, growing, growing up, up in Western Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was. Um, it was, oof, oh, that's a doozy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I grew up in, in, a, in a place where, you know, guns were a very normal part of growing up. We were hunters, you know, we would spend a lot of time on the weekends going out and, and shooting our deer and then going Sunday morning to sing our hymns. Um, but in, in recent years, you know, uh, I've discovered that, you know, that community is is stockpiling assault rifles and uh, going off grid and pledging allegiance on Sunday mornings. And um, that's a different thing. Like that's a very different culture. And it's one that um, even though I can occasionally see the through line of how that happened, I'm still not sure where the through line is. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so this song is sort of me reckoning with, um, coming from that culture and what is my responsibility uh, as someone who has come from that culture, but also um, how to, <laughs> gosh, how, how, how to bring unity and take responsibility at the same time. Um, gosh, I, I don't know how else to, ex to explain that yeah, while also like bearing the weight yeah. of, of what, gun culture has done to to us i think yes yeah, i mean yeah to to us as uh you know as as americans but also like us as as individuals as, as family members you yeah. know it's sure. um yeah you can you can really see how disruptive it can be He serves no God but one Pays tithes to the Sunday plates And to the preacher's son Who supplies the congregation With their automatic guns Serves but one, but it's the God of war I was born the anniversary of the 
I nodded to the dark clouds who bring the April rain. I'm the daughter of the god of war. And that was a song called God of War. It's from the new album from The Rough and Tumble. The album is called Only This Far. And they are with us today on Traditions, Mallory Graham and Scott Tyler. They're going to be at Rockwood Music Hall in New York City this coming Tuesday, May 9th, 9 p.m. show. Um, the songs on, on your album and, and the songs on your previous albums have always been what I consider kind of upbeat. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Um, you know, so, so God of War to me was a little bit different. I mean, you were, you were discussing, you know, how that song came to, to evolve, but what is it that would you decide to write a song? Is it, a, is it current events like that? Is it just daily life or what, how do you decide this is something I need to write as a song? Yeah, I think, um, Oh, that's a tough one. Sometimes it is current events, you know, like, I think there, Scott always likes to say that he thinks of uh, writing a song as getting into a house. And there are multiple ways to get into that house. You can go through the front door, you can break through the window, you can climb onto the roof and go through the chimney. So there are multiple ways that, that songs come. I think particularly on this last record, um, a lot of these songs came very intentionally because we were, we developed a, um, a month of writing is what we were calling it because we, we had had a whole other set of songs ready for an album, but we were missing one or two. And so we did a month of writing in order to um, get those last two songs, but ended up scrapping the first set of songs and <laughs> using the month of writing songs instead. And I think for this particular project, we were really writing from a place of of where where are we right now? Like what what can we assess right now about ourselves? And um, and so that was deliberate. Although songs often Scott hates this. <laughs> Oftentimes I will just wake up from a dream and say, oh, it's time 
it's time to write this song now. It just came mm -hmm. from me in this and dream. This and is at like 6.30 in the morning, you know. <laughs> But that, that's also how we get our that's songs. That's how we get so, our songs. You know, yeah. I accept it. Um, yes, yes, but sometimes, um, like God of War in particular, I had been thinking about my family, but not not terribly. Sometimes it's those things that are just sort of sitting on your periphery. Um, and we were in Nashville, and I, I was taking a shower in a friend's house, and the whole first verse came at once. And I mm. you know, wrote it down, and then we, we started writing it on our way out of town, out of Nashville. So, mm -hmm. yeah. It's a powerful song. It's a, it's a powerful album. Uh, now, the idea for the album, did this come about during the pandemic or because of the pandemic? Or how did you choose these particular songs to create this album? Yeah, you know, it, it kind of came about in, in probably 2021 um, and part of 2022. Yeah. Um, we, um, you know, as we were getting back out there and starting to tour again, um, you know, these were just kind of the songs that, that, that we had. And, um, you know, the title only this far is, is a reference to, to our song, carry you. Um, but it's also kind of a reference just to like, it's, this is what we have only this far. Yeah. Like, this is all we, you know, this is what this we is know where we're at to and, the best of our ability. Yeah. You know? And, um, you know, I, I do think a lot of it does have its roots in the pandemic, you know, um, that one day at a time sort of feeling. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we wished that we were, as I'm sure, you know, a lot of people did during the pandemic, we wish that we had, um, that we were doing something different, you know, <laughs> we wish that, uh, you know, that we could, you know, navigate that time in a different sort mm -hmm. of way. And, and we kind of had to accept, no, this is just, this is where we're at. This is, yeah. you know, this yeah. is as far as we are. And, and especially getting back out there, you know, um, the music industry suffered a, a big blow um, sure. there in 2020. And, mm -hmm. and we're only kind of now starting to see people, you know, like long-standing music venues, kind of get back on their feet, or and, finally close. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We've we've you know had a lot of friends who um you know who stopped doing music because they just couldn't couldn't make it work. You know, mm -hmm. and um yeah yeah. So it's it's kind of a uh, an album of of accepting, I guess, where, yeah. where you are. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's a timely album. You know, I, I think, you know, as I was saying before, a lot, you know, some of the songs are personal, but yet it's something that I think we could all relate to. And I think we've all gone through some of these experiences, whether we've been living in a van with uh, <laughs> with two people, two dogs and a hamster. That's a whole other story. But, uh, you know, you, you've, you've kind of evolved over the years. And, and how do you see your music going forward? Um, oh, hmm. Oh boy! I know, you, I know you just released it now. You're probably not even thinking that far ahead, but uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've learned a lot since you first started uh, as the Rough and Tumble in 2011. Yeah, you know, um, some I think something that has has become um, very um, pressing on on our minds is how important our our audience is, how important our fans mm -hmm. are, and just like how how much a part of the band they actually yeah. are. Like mm -hmm. if we, if we have a, a good night, you know, at a, at a show, like sure. Some of it's us, but like most of it is actually what the audience brings Friends. to the table. Mm -hmm. And, and um, there aren't any tables. What, what, what they bring to the stage, you know, what, what, what they are bringing to the performance. And I like um, that, that was the thing you got yeah. caught up on. Wait, there's no there's table. No table. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is, this is folk music. Um, they do have tables at Rockwood. So, you know, and so um, I, I think moving forward, um, I, I at least have been thinking a lot about, um, about our audience and, and wanting to, um, you know, just just write songs that our audience is going to love, and um, yeah, like something that should, I think I think the thing that yeah, I think you're right about that. Like we we have always looked for ways to be more authentically ourselves, and I know that word authenticity is something that's thrown around a lot, and it can be used kind of weirdly. Um, but but I think that we have we have worked really hard to be more ourselves. And I think the more ourselves we are, the more we connect to an audience, the more audiences feel like they can be themselves. Um, 
and better versions of ourselves too. Like, I think we're always trying to write ourselves into a better version of ourselves, And, mm-hmm. um, and I hope that that, that is what I hope for our next record as well. And, and in doing so, we, we will share that with our audience, like that they will also want to be better versions. Well, I, I want to play another song from this album and you kind of hinted at it before, cause that's where the, the title comes from, but there's a song called carry you, which really I connected with. I mean, it's just such a, it's a, such an emotional song. Could you give us a little background on, on how this one came to be? Yeah. I'm curious though. Did you, um, did you feel, was there a certain person or something that came to mind in that way that you connected to it? I, I, I can't say one person in particular, um, you know, but the, the idea of family, I, I just became a grandfather this year, oh, <laughs> you know, and I started thinking, Oh, my parents who passed away a few years back, uh, mm-hmm. And it all started tying in, and that's sort of where I started seeing this song as to what we do to each other, what we do for families. And was there a similar? Yeah, thing? no, you, you yeah. definitely. That that's it yeah. too. Yeah, I um I had lost my. Sorry, I didn't mean to turn the interview table around. There is a table now, and I turned it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, that that song was particularly written about my aunt who had passed away. She. Um, she passed uh, very suddenly and, and unexpectedly. And um, and I was the only person that she had really spoken to in the last 30 years. So it was, yeah. you know, my um, my honor, my responsibility to go out and, and to help, you know, sure. transition her out of this world um, physically. And so, um, so it, it, but she had always just been in my corner and she was somebody who had always carried me. And, uh, and we literally carried her ashes back to Western Pennsylvania and spread them with my mother who I had not spoken to in the last two years. And because of that, we are now speaking again. Um, and my other aunt and it, and it just became this experience where I realized that this person that had always been carrying me, I am carrying them. And in doing so, they are still carrying me. Um, but also just that, that short amount of time. Like it's, I, I think so much about like our overlapping timelines. Like we, we talk about it all the time with our dog puddle, like, man, what luck that her short time on this life on, on this, on this earth has overlapped with our lives. And like mm. that little bit of time that you get to like overlap with somebody, but it's only this far because somebody has to go first. And, and so it's, it's this song that just sort of, um, it's, I think it's a song of gratitude. I think it's a song of, yeah. of thankfulness because it is so heartbreaking. Like it is so heartbreaking that we only get this stretch of time to yeah. be with each other. Yeah. Um, but that, and the way that that song was written too was something very, um, I don't even feel like I actually wrote that song. Like, I, do, mm-hmm. you, do you feel the same way yeah. about that? It, it felt like a song that just sort of like, came up from somewhere in the earth or the universe, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of like bubbled up. And then the song was there. Yeah. It existed. Mm-hmm. It existed um, before us. Before we, we actually found it. Yeah. Yeah. with you I was 
And that was Carry You, a very beautiful song from the, the new album, Only This Far, from the Rough and Tumble. And they're with us today, Mallory Graham and Scott Tyler, who've uh, been road warriors, uh, now living in a home and, and now traveling again, uh, doing it all and, and enjoying life and and sharing these songs with us to, uh, I, I think, you know, again, what, what I consider folk music is songs that kind of touch us in different emotions and it speaks to our lives. And, and the two of you have certainly done that. And I know you put on a great show. So uh, I, I, I know some of our audience will be probably out there on uh, Tuesday night. That's uh, May the 9th at Rockwood Music Hall. And uh, what are your plans for the summer? Are you going to be doing more touring, any festivals or anything? You're still lining things up. Yeah, we are. We're, um, we're doing, um, we're heading from New Hampshire all the way out to Utah. Um, yes, and then, that's and right. Coming, coming back through uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin and, and uh, some other places Michigan. along the way. Yeah, yeah, doing yeah. doing some festivals and um, and just a ton of ton of shows. Um, we are, we are. We'll be able to spend a little more time in New England. I think September through the end of the year. So yeah. we'll get to see peak leaf season this year, yeah. which we're excited yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, you know, the trick is if you're living in New England, you're supposed to tour in the South during the winter. So I don't know if anybody told you that yet. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I know. Something <laughs> to think about. Uh, well, uh, Mallory and Scott, I want to thank you both for being here today. Oh, and before we you. leave, um, if our audience wants to get in touch with you, what, what's your website? It is www.theroughandtumble.com. And I assume you're on Facebook and all yep. those other places as well. Everywhere. Yep. Yes. Great. Well, I'm sure our audience will be checking out the album. It's called Only This Far, The Rough and Tumble. And we're going to end now with a song which uh, I think kind of sums up a lot of the album's themes. It's a song called Get Your Shoes On. <laughs> How did this one come to be? Well, wow. it, it started off, um, we used to, our, our dog Mud Puddle. Um, she she loves going on walks more than anything, and yes. um, and so we we would tell her, hey, Pud, go get your shoes, get your on. shoes on, get your shoes on, <laughs> and 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 you know she'd get real excited, and we'd and, like berate her, we're like, your shoes aren't on, we can't go we for can't a go. walk, we got <laughs> so it'd just be this game. So yeah, that's kind of where the phrase came from. from yeah, and, uh, and we based it on um on my aunt again. Actually, we based it on her raucous love story with her part, her, you know, her partner who she had till the end. Um, and it is, it is just kind of a fun, raucous story about two people colliding and, and, you know, just making it work in this, yeah. this sort of wild and wonderful way. And, and I think we, we wrote quite a bit of ourselves into that yeah, story so. as well. So, well, you are certainly making it work. You've made a wonderful album only this far. And uh, I want to thank you both for being with us today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again real soon. And let's listen now to Get Your Shoes On. Yeah. Hey. 
down beaten to the punch We were vinegar and never white We've been beat up, beat down, taken out to lunch Like cold rubble and fire and that's just fine We've been beat up, beat down, beaten to the punch Put your shoes on Get your shoes on Oh, get your shoes beat on Beat up, beat down, beaten to the punch Beat up, beat down, taking out to lunch Beat up, beat down, beaten to the punch